Okay, welcome back to the No Tech Talk podcast. This is a Christmas episode, pretty much. We're not really going to be talking about Christmas, but when you hear this, it's going to be the week of Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and all the other religions out there to you people. So, today's a good day. I have my tea here. I found an old coffee cup. I always use this coffee cup if you watch it on YouTube for an old church that I went to that uh, didn't like anymore. But I love the coffee cup. And uh, it has a great blueberry tea with some honey. I'm starting to drink tea more because, I mean, your average episode here is like an hour and a half. So I have to make sure I keep my voice straight. And I talk all day at work during the week. It's a lot. And then I, then I want to be stupid and go outside and run in the cold weather. So, I mean, it's a lot of things fighting against me. But today, uh, we have an awesome guest. Uh, we pretty much had a, a pretty much a whole episode already when we were talking about this, just kind of got into it. And um, so I'm super excited about what it's going to be today. We have a Jessica Van Klein. I mean, she is a force to be reckoned with, right? Insert applause here. Uh, she's a speaker mentor, a marketing leader. She's a mother of four beautiful children, an upcoming entrepreneur and marketing leader. She has created Face It, a series of inner beauty digital content that ensures that women believe in themselves and to understand how great you can be if you face your own security so with all that being said welcome to the no tech talk podcast how's it going thank you thank you for having me jay and that was an awesome intro i'm gonna have to introduce myself like that when (laughs) i speak there's this meme where beyonce is talking to oprah and oprah says oh you're beyonce and she says thank you so that's kind of how i felt (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i always tell people if you don't have a bio you're not doing enough with your life because everybody can have a bio. So if you don't have a card or bio or something that like presents you well without you having to speak, you got to do better. A little nugget yeah. here. Early on in the podcast. A little, little early nugget. So uh, what, for, I wanted to talk about two senses, quote unquote, as a Christmas episode. I'm not a Christmas fan at all. Everybody loves Christmas. My favorite holiday is my birthday. Second, top, second favorite is uh, Thanksgiving. So okay. never been a fan of Christmas. It's forced to me. You know, it feels like they start getting you ready right on Black Friday. And it's just like, it's just so much stuff. Like, they're forcing down your throat. I'm just like, man, nah, this is not my style. Presents yeah. are good. receiving gifts. One of my love languages. But uh, <laughs> the, the season, don't even like Christmas music. I could go my whole life without ever hearing Mar- Mariah Carey again. Some people call me a Grinch, but it's just not my style. So. <laughs> Yeah, Scrooge. So I'm like, I feel it from both ends. Okay. I get what you're saying about the shopping holiday. I work at Dell um, and I'm on their e-commerce team. And so, yeah, it takes for me a little bit of the the happiness of the season out of Thanksgiving, because during Thanksgiving, we are... I mean, that's the big sale period of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I do love Christmas. Uh, well, you have to because you have children, all right? Yeah, because I have yeah. children. And then also that's when the work starts dying down. So I can actually take time off and get in the holiday spirit. You see it. this tree behind me? I do. Uh, <laughs> still put that up. Black when Friday did you put night. it up, though? Okay, but that's good. <laughs> Some people put up their tree in, like, you know, October. And it's just like, bro, like, stop. You have to let the holiday, let each holiday have its time. I believe in that. But yeah, we're totally in the Christmas spirit. Things are a lot different for us this year. I'm Mm -hmm. sure we'll talk about that. But uh, overall, the Christmas spirit for us and how I teach my kids, we throw it all back to Christ. And so for me, I am 
always in the Christmas spirit because every year, whether good or bad, it throws back to the gratefulness to God that I feel because he allowed Jesus to be born. And okay. so I will never not be in the Christmas spirit from a spiritual standpoint now. Okay. Oh, from yeah. A you know, commercial standpoint, yeah. they can get away from me with all this yeah. gift buying. Yeah. I mean, we do a 10 things list in my family. It's pretty cool. Uh, sometimes it's like a super expensive year. At the time, it's like we're trying to like lowball it, depending on how everybody, you know, finances and stuff is. But um, yeah, it's a big deal. It was, it became a big deal for a long time and now we're kind of like leveling out because I got three sisters, one brother, my brother's married, I'm married. It's a lot of people. Not to mention nieces and nephews, it's, it's a lot. So, um, yeah. Where is the, let me, before we keep going, where is the, the, where do you stop, where do you start telling your kids, when do you start telling your kids that Santa's not real? Big question. <laughs> That's a tough one. So my kids, my oldest will be 16 next yeah. month, yeah. 13, and then five-year-old twins. Oh, so they definitely the, obviously, okay. The twins still are Santa because mm -hmm. that's what they're taught at school. And so, yes, it's difficult. I think I ripped the Band-Aid off yeah. probably around like 10. Okay. Like, didn't know already if one of your friends didn't do the work for me, then let me sit you down and make sure Because my know. thing is like, and my wife, she be getting on me all the time. I'm like, I want you to know, you know, you get a couple of years, but if I'm buying all these <laughs> gifts, you got to know who putting them under the tree, dog. It ain't no, <laughs> I'm going to try to push the whole black sand motif, everything. I'm going to try to do the whole thing. I don't know. It's probably going to change and everything I thought about is going to yeah it'll wow. change because but. then you'll have your kid crying <laughs> because they're the only kid in their class that now can't I'm, believe I'm gonna be, my, my son gonna be the one that tell people like santa ain't real my dad i don't know what y'all know but i saw my dad he told me we get to walmart together <laughs> no i don't know but i mean obviously you want them to be kids i don't want them to grow up too fast but uh mm -hmm. like too like I, I would want them to know more about the two fairy you know, we were more excited by that. Maybe Elf on the Shelf. I don't know. But I always get kind of weird around Christmas. because I can't do the Elf. I can't do the Elf. That's, that's too much work on me. That's responsibility for me. And then who's cleaning that up? Me. The Elf's eyes are creepy to me. Yeah, it's look at too that, much. He's just like side-eyeing you. I'm like, I'm looking at me. And let the Elf move one inch on wherever he's sitting. And it's a wrap. No, it reminds no. me of the movie that scarred me for life as a kid, Tales from the Hood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie, anything yeah. small that's a doll that moves, I don't want it. Mm -mm. I don't want it. <laughs> so we, we talked a lot uh, the other day about your journey. Yes. And that's kind of, um, you know, burst your businesses and your initiatives that you're trying to push for women and in different situations. And uh, it was a lot. We talked for about, about two, 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 three hours almost. And so um, wherever you want to start, because yeah. people here should know by now, like I'm a, I'm a really strong advocate for women. Um, obviously, my, my boys, too. We got our own lane as well. I've done a, a lot of episodes, but I've had a, a lot of really strong women um, on this podcast and in their particular areas. And what I've found is that, you know, there's obviously that balance. There's that, that, that power struggle, the internal power struggle for women, obviously going through our life living, but being successful versus, you know, still having, maintaining that femininity. I always say that wrong. I think I got it right. You know, maintaining that feminine side, you know, trying to be strong for my children, my, you know, my business, or trying to just be all things to all people. 
and every one of them have had some a different perspective so for all the females that's listening to this and even for the males it's really to understand what you know your girl your wife whoever's going through and right. be a good help meet help mate you know for for them in that season so um when did i guess your kind of story start as far as you you know just go <laughs> yeah okay so we'll, backstory yeah. about me yeah and then we'll dig in right um so my journey into motherhood started at 19 years old huh. um i grew up an army brat i graduated high school in japan and came running back to texas close to family for college mm -hmm. i felt like I was very green in a lot of ways, didn't really understand love, relationships. Mm. I, I hadn't even had my first real relationship until I got to college. Oh, yeah. And so that person ended up becoming someone so dear to me. Um, we enjoyed a relationship, quick relationship, quickly pregnant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 19 in my sophomore year, mm -hmm. uh, a baby about to have a baby. Yeah. And having Jaden completely changed my life, um, I felt it was very untimely. For me, I felt like because I didn't have an understanding of relationships, I didn't know how to navigate growing in that, growing as a person, and then also having this child while I'm yeah. trying to raise this child. So I had like a threefold challenge already. in growth already at 19. Had Jaden when I was 20. His father and I were not together. We were back and forth trying to figure out life again. One of those growth challenges. Mm -hmm. How do we find ourselves, find ourselves together, and then yeah. raise this child? Um, unfortunately, he was killed in a motorcycle accident while Jaden was still a little baby. Um, and so... I just had all these challenges that I said, this threefold growth oh, challenge. Already. Ooh, and I then think now okay. I'm like, Lord, is this a mega challenge? I'm a gamer also. Really? <laughs> I have kids, but I still make time for what, video what games. What you I'm play? What you play? Uh, Zelda oh, all come day. On, okay. I Donkey was... Kong, Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I am a Nintendo girl all the way. Okay. okay? Rocking with Nintendo. And so I, when Got that happens to me and Jaden's dad passed away, I am like, Lord, is this the boss challenge? Like you gave me them three little challenge. Am I already facing my boss battle yeah. already? Like, I feel like my life hadn't even gotten started. Mm -hmm. So that's how it began. Um, I struggled from then on trying to figure out, uh, I had to stop going to uh, school at Texas College, State. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out how to get back on track, taking classes at a community college, doing what I could for work, and then, found the first next man that loved me and mm. I was lacking in love. Let me tell you, I'm yeah. not ashamed to say I have mm. been one of those women that have got into a relationship to fill a void. I yeah. enjoyed someone showing me love and I needed that. And my son needed that. And, um, I ended up getting married to this gentleman. Um, yeah. and then I had my second child. Okay. Still had to really work through what happened with the first, uh, the first love, that first tragedy. Well, let me let me yeah. pause for a second. So yeah, I don't want to gloss over anything because we gotta like yeah. you know, take our time. I'm with it. So we uh, so in that transition from having the death, obviously working with Jaden and him understanding as he's growing up to the second marriage. Uh, where was you said you knew it was a void, right? Yeah. So. 
how did how could you, how were you even able to get over that and to allow another man in your life, whether it was avoided or not? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause that's still a big step, you know? Yeah. And it so is. how how are you able? And even if as I'm saying, even if it wasn't the right way, because there's no perfect way to how we live our lives. But at the time, like, what is what was your rationale to get into that that, that marriage? Okay, so Jaden's father passed away so young, yeah. he didn't even remember him. He still doesn't. Mm -hmm. I just gave him a booklet of photos, like, from when we were in the hospital, when I yeah. gave birth to him. Like, all those memories. And, you know, so that's a challenge now with him being older. But back then, it was easy for him to transition because he was a toddler. And yeah. so the man that I took on as my husband was essentially the man who raised him. So he already saw him as a dad. Okay. Um, so with his little self, you know, he didn't know there was a void, but mm -hmm. I know, I know plenty of young men, young black men that have grown up without fathers and what that can lead to long-term. So there was yeah. a void that existed that he just wasn't aware of. And he was too young to see like the ramifications of down the line for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. For me, Jay, honestly, I just desired love. I desired stability. I desired to plug that hole. It's like the old cartoons where you would see the Danish little uh, yeah, yeah. characters trying to like plug yeah. the hole in the dam with their yeah. finger. That was me. Like, Lord, let me plug this hole. Like, let me try to force love okay. and put myself in this you, situation you so maybe it will stop. Yes, it okay, was a positive time. decision. Okay. Yep. So it made sense to you. Okay, so okay, cool. So you're married, you had your second child, and then now we're here. So I was wondering. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, go so ahead. Now we're here. Now we're here. I'm still very much in pain. Still yeah. very much in pain from that. Um, but trying, and um, that's something about me. I've never stopped trying. Now mm -hmm. I'm wiser and I understand intentional effort versus throwing spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> I've always hated that statement. Yeah. I get I mean, it. Is it is it gonna stick? Is it not? Why would you do it? It's messy. It's gross. Why? Right. It gets everywhere. Uh, it's everywhere. But that's what it's like when you're yeah. in those moments. That's what it feels like. Yeah. It's messy. It's dirty. And you get to the end, and you're like, why would I even go there? Like, why not why did I not stop myself? And so here we are. I'm in this relationship just mm -hmm. because someone showed me love. Now let's talk about this. Because your girl had no <laughs> clue what love was. Love okay. is not just being nice to someone to court them. Right. Love is not just introducing someone to your family and your friends and talking them up is the best thing since Jesus was born mm. Christmas. <laughs> um, love is actually long-term consistent kindness when yeah. things get hard. Love is actually not talking me up to other people, but actually making sure that your actions edify me as such every day, okay? So they'll see it through his actions, yeah. Exactly, sure. and mm -hmm. so that was different. That was my first real realization that, you know, I did something <laughs> mm -hmm. pretty bad that wasn't gonna benefit me, and things started to tumble downhill quickly. Um, I had Cameron, that's my middle daughter, Mm -hmm. and then suffered the loss of my grandfather. So growing up, he was the man who poured into my life, who said what you said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, wanting to uplift women, yeah, the women around sure. him. Knowing the challenges I would face as a Black woman, um, he gave me that. I would call him 
my earthly backbone because I knew whether I'm next to him or not, whether me and John King Jr. are in the same city or not. Yeah. I am bucking up. I am going hard for what I believe because I know I'm going to go tell my granddaddy and my granddaddy's not going to care what you said. Mm. He's going to be my backbone so I can stand strong as I'm moving forward. And I lost that. And so while I was struggling in my relationship, I was living in Germany at that time because I Mm -hmm. married a soldier and I would call my grandpa all the time. And I had started kind of telling him that things were going south before um, he passed. And I remember the conversations that I had made me feel strong enough to make a decision to separate myself from something I got myself into that was negative. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I felt that way when he was alive. My grandpa, again, and I don't want to skate over this, and I don't, let me just be clear for anybody who's looking at me and maybe my lack of emotion or lack of tears now. um, When I say these things, when I say my grandpa, the man that meant the most to me died, Mm -hmm. when I say that my son's father, my first love died, those things, they hurt. It's uncomfortable still for me on the inside to say those things. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to do is to show that you can still be hurt, but still be like in a positive reflective state over what these people were to you. And so that's the emotion that I'm giving off. You know, Jay, I I get that a lot. I'll talk about these things. I'll talk about these things and people are like, wow, I can't believe that you're just, you're just saying those things. And I'm like, well, I'm saying them because I've, I've sat with them in private and I've mm-hmm. had those moments of crying. I've had those tears, but the tragedy and the trauma couldn't have kept me. It couldn't have kept its hold on me emotionally, or I wouldn't have been able to make it through anything else. Mm. So, so I was going to say, um, I think who gave me that advice? I think when, uh, Amon Aubrey passed away, I, you know, obviously it wasn't the first like you know public black death, but for some reason I don't know what it was, but his I did a whole podcast on it with Marcel. You might know him, yeah, right. So I was so angry. I mean, just and it wasn't like an outward crazy ah angry. It was just like an internal like a you seen the Avengers when yes. he turned into the Hulk and he was like, how are you able to do that? He was like, because I'm always angry. You know, he's oh, like, yeah. the constant, mm, you know, and so for me, um, and not to might be long winded, but we had like this little men's meeting for church, you know, patch camp on there and allowing people to kind of talk through everything. I ain't had anything to say, um, but somebody talked about a process of like pain and trauma and, yeah. uh, you know, being able to deal with it. But what people forget is you have to allow yourself to feel it. And that's part of it. You have to allow yourself to go through because what most people think is like, oh, I'm strong. I'm cool. It's all right. I cried, you know, had a one good cry and I'm done. No, like be angry, be sad, be whatever you need to be for how long you need to be. It, in my opinion, I was going to be like, you know, I'm going to this whirlwind of depression, but sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it is. And so is. But I think it's just, it's, it's, you have to be constructive with it, have people around you, you know, keep help you through it. But feeling is like the most important part because you never feel any closure you'll never be able to talk about it on a podcast you never be able to help other people and what i've seen is that people like living in it people like posting about it people like milking it you know you know and it's like okay we get that you hurt we get you know everybody has different like you said everybody has different perspectives when, when people are talking about their own pain because right 
you know, we all have different viyopoints on how we do that. So it's, I like that you ex- had to, you explained it. And I always say, I'm, I'm talking, like you say something, I'm, saying, I'm speaking for the person who might be listening to saying this. I put like devil's advocate a lot because people are so quick to, you know, put judgment on like stuff that you've been through. And so like if you're using your life and your, your trauma as a platform, as obviously a very sensitive topic, but you got to understand what the why I'm doing this, why I'm saying it. And that's with anything, heartbreak, a loss, whatever. It's just allowing people to have their own personal process. Yeah, I agree. You have to respect that. So, and I appreciate you for respecting that because oh, yeah, 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 these are very sensitive, sensitive areas of trauma in my life. We've already covered pretty much three traumatic events: mm-hmm. the first, uh, a a life, a death, and now another another loss. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, this was heavy, and I was just twenty five. Man. This was between 19 and 25. Goodness. So the timeline is not even that great. That's like compounded trauma. Yeah. And so what we just discussed is not where I was then because I hadn't really worked through Jaden's father's death because I hadn't yeah, you had to worked keep going through, and push through. Yeah. Yeah. Because I hadn't worked through how do I stop and like just live? Like, what does it mean to live and figure out love? well, here's this person who's showing me what I think it is. Let me do this. And then mm-hmm. it not working out. And then my grandfather and my grandfather passed away in a house fire with his mother, my great grandmother. And my family on my maternal side was so close. My great grandmother was like yeah. a friend. I would go to her house from spring break from college in New oh, Orleans. Wow. They would be like, you going to New Orleans? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to my grandma Carrie's house. My great grandma's <laughs> house. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because <laughs> she was so fun. If so you know cool. anything about people from New Orleans. Yeah, for a sure. Blast. Can't you ever oh go back God. though. Well, you were actually like, how close were you like Bourbon Street, I guess, whatever. Very I, close. Okay. I, I went I went three times. I'm I'm good. Maybe it was better after COVID. It cleaned up all the streets and everything, but I'm good. I, I never got, went I as a stores. tourist. I know ne- I've never been as a tourist. I've well, just that's, been that's what like, I did. I tried to go do like what I guess somebody that was from there to do. I never, I went there. One had that, that experience, but I would try to go like, what, what a good restaurant said. Like, yeah. you know, I would you try gotta to go to uptown, uptown. Yep, we'll uptown for sure. <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah. we were that close. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up after hurricane Katrina, my great grandmother, we moved her here to Texas and she was living with my grandfather at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, when the house fire occurred, like I said, when he passed away, I was living in Germany. And I remember my grandmother, they were divorced, had been divorced mm-hmm. since before I was born, but still really cohesive unit. That's what's up. Calls me, calls me on my German cell phone. I'm in the middle of the grocery store with my little 25-year-old self, with my baby, Cameron, my middle daughter, my brand new baby, and then my toddler trying to keep them from grabbing stuff off the shelves, whining, Mm -hmm. crying. I remember it was the most hectic day in the grocery store. She calls me and I'm like, why is she calling me on my German cell phone? That's for like emergencies. Yeah. And she says, I'm watching the news. I'm your grandfather's house is on fire. Your aunt is rushing over there right now. And I was like, I stopped. I remember I froze in the store and thank God for his angels. A lady that I knew of, Mm -hmm. we weren't friends, saw me like paralyzed in the aisle 
I don't remember what happened after, but I remember that I was able to leave without my kids. She, I guess, was watching them until my husband at that time got there. Yeah. And I just went outside of the commissary because we were living on post. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Outside of the commissary. (laughs) And I just, I fell to my knees. I was sitting on the ground. I don't know how long I was there until my... uh, my then husband came and I was just sitting there stunned. Mm -hmm. I couldn't process that things happened so fast. I had to catch a space safe flight back to Texas. I had to be the strong one for my mother, her sisters, all of my cousins. I was calling, canceling bills, dealing with people telling me I needed, well, do you have a death certificate? And I'm like, no, my grandpa's dead. Do you want me to send you a picture? Like, I say that in jest, but that's how it makes you feel. And so here I am. You being the rock. And you being the rock. And I still haven't even worked through anything from my immediate past. Yeah. So needless to say, I grieved really heavily. Um, I just couldn't sleep. I think I dealt with grief after my grandfather with insomnia. I just tried to fill myself with browsing my space. I'm going to date myself. Yeah. Browsing MySpace <laughs> and Facebook, but Jay, whatever I could to stay awake so I didn't have to sleep and mm. think about waking up another day to start over again. It almost felt like if I stayed awake, then there wouldn't be a new day for me to feel sad again. They would mm. just run together and that pain would just sustain. I couldn't let it get worse and I didn't want to do the work to yeah. make it easier. And it was like, let me just stay up. So everything feels the same and yeah. I can control that because everything in me was out of control. That's what we talked My about head- a little bit was, um, I guess, well, I, I was using examples of your brain, right? Your brain is a big, is a big, uh, oh, wow. Hold on. This thing is trying to mess up on me. Your brain is a, um, a big place for sure. <laughs> and yeah. so we do a lot of things uh, subconsciously you know, your brain automatically wants to protect itself. You know, it wants to, you know, be better. It wants to, you know, push all the trauma and the pain away, not dealing with it, you know, but it wants to just push and he just needs to operate throughout that day. And so when I went to therapy, we talked about that for a little bit. And she was like, what do you, what's your day look like? I'm like, what? I'm talking about my family. I said, no, what does your day look like? What do you do? What time you go to sleep? you know, all these other different things. I'm just wondering, like, but then it hit me. It's like, like you were just talking about, what am I doing after, even a year or two after? What have I done? What's, what does my new life look like to, uh, you know, operate and deal with all this stuff that's been going on? So, like, we talked about me drinking. That's, that's big signs, though. You know, big signs of drinking, you know, not sleeping, but it's the small stuff that you do. You might, you might, have a good friend come in your life, but she's automatically pushing away because you know you're not ready for new anything, new relationships. Right. All you know is your life, your children, or your wife, whatever you got going on, but nothing new can come in. You're just trying mm-hmm. to hold on to the, the things that you have that are constant. Right. Uh, you have that you know are still here, that are true. They won't lie to you. They won't die. They won't nothing. Just here. Mm-hmm. This is my circle. And that's usually how we start spiraling. And so yeah, you being that strong person you know, for your family is, is crazy. You, you're not having to you deal with your own stuff. You know? And I was losing everything you said, everything that we want, things yeah. that are stable, things that we can expect. Like mm-hmm. 
as human beings, we crave that, right? Like we yeah. crave the known. It, people can be uh, people can be living at very varied levels of control, right? Mm-hmm. A controlling person is oftentimes thought of as, oh, that's that's a terrible person, or that's a horrible character yeah. flaw to have to be controlling. But in some way, we all as humans like to have a little control over our world. Mm-hmm. And I could say at that time, I didn't have that. Everything wow. that I thought I knew, the people that I thought I could grow with, the people that I trusted were just being taken away from me. And it led to the demise of that marriage mm-hmm. um, because of my grief. Um, there were a lot of things that transpired instead of my then husband meeting me and helping me work through it, yeah. he kind of went the other way and we'll just leave it at that. He went the opposite direction um, and went further away from my pain. And so it just, it didn't work out. And I struggled though to leave because, and this was the important part about me mentioning mm-hmm. my grandfather. While he was alive, I felt I could do whatever and I'm coming out on top. You know, mm-hmm. if I fall, he's got me emotionally, physically. His words were so powerful and encouraging. And I've never, I have one man in my life now that does that. It's my cousin who I love so much. Yeah. But I had never experienced a man that, whose words were so powerful that made me feel like a man here on earth that made me feel mm-hmm. like just by you saying, yes, you can. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. With that being gone, the relationship was broken and spiraling, but I I struggled to leave for a while. I think I stayed around for seven months after I knew it was over and after Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, some terrible things were happening within the marriage just because I had to figure out a way to be my own backbone. I couldn't pick up the phone. I couldn't call my grandfather anymore. You know, I ended up going and getting a tattoo right before I left. I have King, my hey. granddaddy's last name, yeah. on my rib cage, right next to my heart. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, "No, like I've got to now. I've got I've got a way that I can feel him with me every day. I got to take what he was already wow. teaching me to do on my own. He wasn't telling me these things so I he could be my crutch. He was teaching me these things so you could be strong, believe, yeah, so that I could be strong." for a day when he was gone so that I would then learn those lessons and have had those patterns and habits set up so that it would just be his legacy continuing. And so I got it together at that point. And um, this was in 2010 and I was like, I'm out. And I, that's, that's when I started my first, um, my first real long-term season of single parenthood. And right before we get to that, don't let me lose the thought. We got to hear a word from our sponsors <laughs> right in the middle of the podcast. I didn't want to forget, uh, but we'll see y'all in just about two seconds. All right. Well, if you made it this far into the show, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. We just want to take a brief intermission to just remind everybody that is listening, whether you be on YouTube, from the website, 
or on any podcast, you know, podcast, any Apple uh, podcast or Spotify, anything like that, to leave a five star rating, leave a comment, show your boy some love. It's absolutely free and it definitely helps the podcast. It puts us up in the charts. It gets more people listening to the No Tech Talk because I really feel like what we're talking about is it's helping the masses, it's helping the culture, and it's helping just spread great conversation. So leave a five star rating on that, or you can just go leave a comment under your favorite episode on the website. Now, as far as our sponsors is concerned, we have LiveFearlesslyShop.com. And so that kind of their mantra is to be fearless is to be bold. And it says in Ephesians 6 and 12, declare it fearlessly. Our company creates pieces that come in assorted colors with bold statements and a bold look. All our pieces are designed for you to walk fearlessly, boldly in declaring God's truth. I love the company. And I always want to say just about the shirt in general, you know, it's one of those shirts that you can definitely wash over and over and over again, and you're still going to get good quality. So livefearlesslyshop.com. Now let's get back to the show. And we're back after our sponsor. I said sponsor. We're just talking about that in the intermission. Your boy's coming on up. I forgot. uh, It's a nice shirt company they were uh, supporting right now. So it's a pretty dope brand. I should be wearing that shirt right now, but I'm not. But I put the link in the bio. Um, so we were making a transition on to at this point in time or your story, you're in single motherhood, um, two children. I mean, to bring people up to speed is a lot of trauma, obviously. And how old are you at this point? Are we oh talking my God. 19, 2010? 20? I'm 20. I'm 25 years old. I'm about 25. to be 25. Yeah. Not knowing that 2020 is going to be the worst year ever. <laughs> Ever. You remember? Every, oh, do you ever. remember everybody was talking about 2010? All the 10s supposed to be like the worst years ever, and I, I think 2020 took the cake. Um, yeah. Anyway, so where so where were you at at this point, and um, as far as like maintaining control and trying to you know maneuver in your life? Man, so at this point, I am like flailing when I tell you I had no clue about anything. So two kids in, just one divorce under my belt. Yeah still hadn't completed college. So here I am out here brave enough to leave this bad situation, Mm -hmm. but feeling so unprepared for whatever's going to happen next. And now I've got to step up and be a provider for myself and my kids. And so I struggled because I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to do things the traditional way. And every time I tried, it just never worked out. It became too financially expensive. Mm-hmm. It became a stressor. Any of my moms or dads listening know that mm-hmm. hiring a caregiver is also an additional stressor on you. You have to worry about, like, is this person nurturing my kid? Are they, yeah. you know, going to call in sick on in general. Right. Them? Yeah. yeah, it's safety. It's convenience. There are all these different stressors that come into play. And I was caring a lot. And so... It just never really worked out in the way that I wanted it to for me to complete my last two years of college. And so Mm -hmm. I just got real with myself. I, outside of the relationship trauma um, and the traumatic events with death that I'd experienced, Mm -hmm. we didn't talk about that I was still a 19-year-old that was very clear on what she wanted. Mm -hmm. When I went to Texas State, as a young little 17-year-old, still couldn't get in the club with my friends, had to stay in my dorm, (laughs) mad mad it's probably good for me though yeah uh, sure. when i came to texas state i was very clear i went in uh with marketing and pre-law as my career path i could see you uh, as a lawyer pre-law. i could see that <laughs> really yes me? it's your it's your um what's the word 
your cadence. I love the word cadence. Obviously, speaking is what I do, but yeah. uh, I always pay attention to people's cadence. Whenever I go to like a new church or go to any type of event, I see their stature, I see their cadence, how they, if they make a mistake, how they kind of, you know, gloss over it, move forward, not able to be shaken easily in their speech. And there's this phrase, like they say, you know, 80% of the people are afraid of public speaking, other 20% are lying. You heard that? And yeah. so I feel like we're in that 20%. Because initially, you, you kind of, not lying to yourself, but you, you take yourself to a place to where, hey, this has to be done regardless. So these little nerves, mm-mm. <laughs> you know, we, go. So Got anyway, yeah, go. I think you could be very good. Any speaking role, obviously, it's what you're doing now. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So little old me already knew uh-huh. I'm coming for the corporate law industry. I knew that being in corporate or commercial law mm-hmm. was going to be a chain breaker for other black people to come after me and my family. I feel like there's yeah. still now I'm grateful to see, you know, black attorneys all over. I have some that are the greatest uh, friends of mine, but mm-hmm. you know, back then it's just, okay. It was just one typical career path, but I wanted to go to the top because I wanted to have a greater impact. So little old me at 17 already knew that. <laughs> and I wanted to get my marketing degree because I yeah. wanted to really understand business concepts, right? And mm-hmm. then also how to market myself as I'm going into um, walking out my career as an attorney. And so I still had those dreams. Even yeah. after all of that loss, I still was very clear career-wise I'm great at marketing. Maybe the Mm -hmm. law part can fall off. But for right now, with what I've already learned, all the classes that I was in when I came to school, I clepped out of a lot of basic courses. So by my sophomore year, I was already in some major course study. Yeah, for sure. And I knew, okay, like these concepts, duh. Like it just came natural to me. Like as a marketer, wouldn't you do this? Or Mm -hmm. wouldn't you try this? Wouldn't you make this decision? And so I knew that that was a skill that I was gifted with the ability to just naturally know what the next move was to progress a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went for it. I was like, you know, I'm not going to stop with that just because I don't have my degree and I'm back in Colleen, Texas yeah. outside of Fort hood. Sorry to all my people listening from Colleen, my friends, my Sorry, family y'all. that are going to listen. I'm not talking <laughs> about y'all. But I am so glad. (laughs) I am so glad that I am not there anymore. (laughs) Because there are not a lot of career opportunities there. It seems that um it's either relational or like, you know, people's like purpose. So like let me explain. So it's either like we have issues with like our personal life or we have a lot of issues with like our business, our our job, career life. It's always one or the other that we have to balance for me. Um, I think it's for me, it's like career for sure. It took me a while. I tell you all the time. It took me a while to find like my purpose, like, and then you build upon it. Cause even once you find it, it's it's like, now we got to enact this thing. It's a whole nother beast. But I always ask people and myself, like, I wonder which one is, will be worse. You know, like having a strong family foundation, interpersonal relationships, you know, and and having a sucky work life. I mean, my job is cool. It's straight. But, you know, like, I feel I feel way more comfortable here than recruiting and stuff now. But I feel like my life is really going to begin after I get out. Like, I'm setting myself mm-hmm. up. No tech talk. Different speaking engagement stuff that I'm doing for when I get out. Because I still got to have that foundation. And it seems like right. we're always robbing Peter, Peter to pay Paul at different stages of our life. So, okay, now I got to focus on this. This got to sacrifice. Now I got to focus on this. And it's just a 
a back and forth. So you finding that balance was, was crazy. And that's where I was. <laughs> yeah. As a single mom still like, okay, finding balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said it, let's, let's go there. So for me, that first time, it was really hard to get to a place of consistency. My balance was like this mm-hmm. or this. Okay. There was never any time where things were kind of close to the middle. Yeah. And that process though taught me a lot because I remember Jaden started playing uh, t-ball and basketball. And I remember I couldn't go to some of his games because at that point I was working at a, uh, a real estate company and I had to be at their model home Mm -hmm. until 7 PM every day. So I would miss his games. Wow. I would work on the weekends on Sundays. I would get up, get them ready, go to church, have to drop them off with the babysitter and then Mm -hmm. work the rest of the day because model homes are still open on Sunday. Yeah. But I was checking the box off. I was getting some sort of marketing experience Mm -hmm. to add to my resume, to build me up to be where I am today. That was my goal then. I knew that if I couldn't have that almost meeting in the middle balance, that I had to take the risk while my kids were young. And I feel like a lot of people don't think about that. I would much rather take my career, the greatest career risks while my kids are young and they don't remember that I'm not around or Jaden doesn't remember that I missed a whole season of basketball games. He he doesn't remember that. He was six. But he'll remember now. It's the ability to be able to make those hard decisions. I see a lot of people like, you know, uh, feeling so bad on themselves because they can't be there every game. They want to do these things. Obviously, you want to be there. Right. But it's just like having a birthday party for a one year old. It's really for everybody else. It ain't really for the kid. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like they're not going to remember, you know, the one year old cake. So it's being able to make those decisions. And, you know, yeah. through, through, I'm sure it's a lot of anxiety. I'm hundred percent. I'm not like downplaying. So much feel. anxiety. But and I don't want to take away from yeah, that. Having the wherewithal to make that that big girl, you know, big man mm-hmm. decision. So. Yeah, but at 26, I'm like, 26, 27, I'm like, man, I have to boss up because if I really want something for myself, I've got to make the sacrifices. And it hurt. Like, it hurt really bad because I was still very youthful and immature Mm -hmm. in my thought process. Now, if I was in my 30s and I had young kids and I had to make that decision, Mm -hmm. you know, it might feel a lot different than now um, or than before. But I feel like... I wasn't, so the decision to pour into my career and make that sacrifice early mm-hmm. wasn't something that was like all the way intentional. It's like the opportunities kept coming to me and I had yeah. to choose. I had to choose. Mm-hmm. Stop this train because you want to go out with your friends. Your friends all graduated college. They're in their first career job. Yeah. They're traveling the world. They're going here and there. Stop because you want to go out with them or stop because you're going to let mom guilt overtake you and you'd much rather be there for these events versus Mm -hmm. pushing yourself to be who your kids are going to need you to be when they actually are going to remember the impact you made on their life. And so I didn't sit there. I wasn't like having this grand epiphany, like, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. Yay. The opportunities (laughs) came. And I had to make a choice. And honestly, and I don't feel guilty about it because of where I am now. Honestly, I made the choice to pour into the financial security of my kids and my family. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents need to sit with that a little bit, think about that, and figure out what guilt 
you need to get rid of mm -hmm. because part of your legacy building activity is going to always include limiting something that you've got to do right now. Mm -hmm. So to build a legacy, you're going to have to take away some of the joys of now. Yeah. So why not do it at an age where your kids aren't going to be so affected by it? And why not also do it at a stage in your life where then you're young enough to bounce back and take those chances and maneuver and grow. I wouldn't wait and I wouldn't have made a different decision. So that's what I did. I started getting these little mm -hmm. tiny obscure jobs in Colleen, yeah. like the craziest <laughs> jobs. Didn't even hold them for long. Barely kept the job for a year. Right. Don't feel bad about it because it's each <laughs> job. <laughs> They might feel bad about it. I don't because be at, each job, <laughs> at each job, I got the skills that I needed to build up my resume so that I could still stand next to someone with a college degree and let my experience show I could do the job better than them. Oh, yeah. Experience. I feel like experience beats, you know, degree any day. Degree, obviously, is a foundation, but I tell people that all the time in recruiting, like, they're going to want you to have some type of experience. That's what's going to set you apart to a certain at a certain level you all got the same thing same degree yeah you might do like an internship here and there but that definitely you know especially in the trade world oh my goodness one yeah. year in the trade world is like a master's degree almost mm -hmm. <laughs> it is it is yeah. so um we're here now you're making those decisions i want to know what was fueling you besides your children because obviously yeah. it was a big, you know, influencer for you to be great and to just not stop. Because mm -hmm. you hear a lot of motivational speakers, they'll talk about um, just being able to start. I think it's hard for a lot of people to start. Even, even with these influencers and these major life, you know, what's the word? I don't know. These people in our lives, these, these situations where we feel like we should be at this particular age. The world kind of society telling us we need to be at a certain place, but like, how do we get there? How do we do? It's kind of easy to talk about it. We're working out. You just got to do it. You know, it's, it's hard enough in itself when you're making career and life decisions. What fueled you to do it and to start and to just not be stagnant or just to you know depend on people around you? You you could have really just been comfortable, stay where you was, had yeah. a decent little job. One of those jobs you said you worked at probably worked your way up and just been comfortable. Right. Right. So what made you want, want more in this situation? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> for me, this is very superficial. Okay. I'm not a superficial person, no but for this, <laughs> right. No tag. I'm telling on myself, I have to be go. real if I'm coming to no tech talk. This was a very superficial decision. I wanted to catch up to my friends. Okay. So What's my whatever college. Whatever that fuels you, though. I don't think that's bad. My college yeah. core group of friends. Yeah. They were all human resources, yeah. clinical laboratory sciences, getting their like career jobs, making yeah. great money. And I said, well, why can't I still? Just because I have these kids, why can't I still? And I mm -hmm. used that. It wasn't a envy. I want what they have. Oh, I wish and I regret that I didn't have it the way they had. It. No, it was what? If I'm around a group of women that are excelling, I want to step up to the you plate. You do that too. I, I could do that too. And we could all be together because I mm -hmm. want to go on those trips and not have to worry about how I'm going to put food on the table the next mm -hmm. week. I want to go on those trips and not worry about missing my rent and having to call for an extension. Right. I want to be on that playing field because I want to enjoy my life and I want to be able to participate in the same things that my peers are. And I don't want to let 
me having two kids stop me because I knew I had the drive. And so that's essentially what I use. My friends mm -hmm. would grow and prosper and I would be like, okay, well, let me figure out what I can do to keep propelling myself on that same level. So I would joke and I would tell them back then, like, you guys keep going because yeah. if you stop, then I'm going to stop because okay. I'm chasing, I'm chasing, I'm, I'm chasing my purpose and my passion, mm -hmm. but I'm also chasing my desire to be normal Great. okay normal Great. and good uh -huh. like as a young woman mm -hmm. who has any type of like career goals and dreams for themselves you want to be where your peers are yeah and i don't think anybody could lie and say that they don't there's always a time in every industry where you might feel like someone's getting ahead of you and you're mm -hmm. like oh i need to catch up it can either be from you know a good angle like yeah. i had it it just propelled me or it can be from anger and envy like then you sink into the whole of um woe is me my life is like this and then it it stifles you yeah. so it's like choose use the people around you to elevate or use it to uh to buy into the complaints you already that's, have that's what i'm life. saying it doesn't have to be anything that deep like you see the last dance of uh michael jordan you saw that yeah. The oh dude my gosh. used Three anything. Times. Yeah, right. I did it twice. But the dude used anything to motivate him. Oh, that man said some of my shoestrings. Now I gotta go win this championship. Like what? Oh, yeah. you, know, you know? Oh yeah. And and so it's a lot of times I hear these podcasts, or I hear even hear my own podcast. I'm like, man, we touched on that a bunch. Well, I might have talked about that before. Uh, but I think probably the best job that I had was um being a personal trainer and understanding how the mind works with people. And it like the first three weeks was we meeting at Starbucks. We're not working out. We're not stretching. I need to know your why. I need to know what's really getting at you. Because to even get to the point of having a personal trainer, it's a lot. You're paying somebody to make you hurt if you think about it. It's paying somebody to put you in pain. <laughs> right. So, but it's more than just that. Because it's, it's, everybody want to look good. I get that. You might, you want whatever, right? But it's usually more than just wanting to look good. It's a, it's an empowerment. It's a, a place to, Hey, I want to look, you know, it would make me feel good to look good on the beach to be able to wear like a two piece or, you know, to not wear whatever. And even for guys like, yeah, man, I want that gut dog. I'm trying to whatever, but it was still like a self-esteem thing. And so I say all that to say is like, we have to find that it doesn't matter. Make right. something up. <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever you need up to get mm -hmm. you to that next level, no matter your situation. No matter if you got the, oh, yeah, or whatever, like, like Michael Jordan, or you know, if you got two kids, or if whatever, you know. And I think people forget to just like fake it so you make it. Like, mm -hmm. my uh, me and my sister were talking about, we had an episode, uh, she had a company called Nailtopia, and so she'll put out um, these little things on Facebook. Hey, got two slots left. I used to do the same thing when I was personal training, I first got started. Got two slots left for July. Marketing tactic. Get it in. I get it. You know, yeah. and so like four people hit me up. Oh yeah, man, gosh, you got the last slot. Good job. Blah, blah, blah. And so even with the tattoo artist, no, no tattoo artist on the planet is gonna tell you his first through fiftieth maybe tattoo, right? So it's about you, it's about you taking a step and believing yourself in these hard situations. So that's super dope. Yeah. So that's basically what I did, and yeah, I had those Michael Jordan esque experiences yeah. along the way. I had family telling me I could not be where I am today. We haven't even yeah. gotten to where I am now. Yeah. And it's not that grand, but 
the fact that people would limit you from just living a comfortable life while you're chasing your legacy. Mm -hmm. What I wanted, what I knew I wanted most in, in what I would pray for, ooh, letting you in on the Sierra prayer, mm -hmm. not about a husband, but about how to ask God for the financial future you want. I didn't ask yeah. him for a Benz. I would love to drive a Mercedes. I think I will one day. I would love to have a mansion in Lakeway. Mm -hmm. I probably will one day. But what I asked him was, Lord, get me to a place where I am comfortable day to day mm -hmm. so I can uncomfortably chase my legacy. Because what we're not talking about is how all of those traumatic events kind of put me in that single black mom stereotype yeah. bubble, right? Like, look at that on paper, what I just told you. Yep. This woman's not going to become anything. This woman's going to fall in the system. Correct. She's going to be waiting on her TANF check, waiting on mm -hmm. her ET card to be refreshed. She is going nowhere. Right. And for me, no. Mm -hmm. I want God to meet my immediate needs. Lord, help me. Whatever I can do, like, use this grit and drive to get me to where I don't have to worry about how my basic needs are met. I want the basics covered. Like, mm -hmm. auto pay everything, not batting an eye, not blinking an eye when that check hits the account. Yeah. Because I know everything is good. When I'm comfortable with the basics, then I can uncomfortably chase my legacy. And that is what I prayed for. And there were people praying against me meeting <laughs> yeah. the basics, telling yeah. me I wouldn't meet the basics. I remember once, can I tell you a quick story? Sure. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, we've been on this podcast for a while. Why not just throw in a quick? I told you, I'm, I'm well, I'm chilling. I got my tea. I'm cool. So, happy long you want to So, I remember way back after I left the relationship with my first husband. Right. I got my first duplex. When I tell you, I had the classifieds. I'm dating myself all throughout this interview. So whatever. Let's go. Let's go. I looked at the classified section in the newspaper, called a friend in Colleen to send me the paper when I was living in Kentucky mm. to look in the classified so I could call ahead and get a job before I left him and came to Texas. Got a job, stayed with my parents for like two months, yeah. got my first duplex by myself with me and my two kids. Solid. And I remember hitting a rough patch where, you know, when you live in paycheck to paycheck, sometimes that paycheck is off and you yep. got to build Oh, man. Deal. Depending on when the 15 Ooh. hit, when the first hit, you, you, you praying for February to get here again so you can yes. get paid three days early. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. That bill is due. That the bill is due, but the check is not coming until like three or four days later. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. And I mm -hmm. remember calling my parents. I called my mom first mm -hmm. and I said, hey, my light bill is $50. I don't have it right now, but I'm going to get paid later. Yeah. Um, can you help me? And she said, no. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to call my dad. And then I'm like, daddy, you know, girls and their dads, daddy, um, <laughs> I can't pay this bill. It's not because I'm mismanaging my funds. It's literally, I just got between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. So he says, well, what does your mom say? They not already talked. He said no. Already they already talked. <laughs> he, I tell him, mm -hmm. well, she said no. He said, well, I guess it's a no. And I remember, I remember the mm -hmm. day that my lights got cut off. I remember waking up 
And I was even on a prepaid electricity plan. I would prepay for my energy in advance. Yeah. Because just I for was these that, moments. Yeah. Yeah. I was that down and out. And so <clears throat> I remember waking Jaden up for school that morning. And before he could even comment about the light, I didn't want him to find it. Right. Yeah. So I like rushed around the house. I think I went to the dollar store that night. And like, I had like two or $3. I got like a couple big yeah. candles and yeah. then I already had like some little candles around the house. I lit them all <clears> and I made it like a whole experience. Nice. We're up before the sunrise is getting ready. Then the sun comes up. We're going to sit at the table and eat our breakfast. Yeah. Got him full. He didn't know. We ate by candlelight each of those nights for three days until my lights came back on. When I tell you, Jay, those moments and memories, I remember. It makes yeah. me not want to go back. But I also remember the people that allowed me to be in those positions. Yeah. And, I mean, I felt bad about it then. And I felt like, oh, man, my parents should help me Thank pay you buy yourself. Yeah. my light bill. But now I'm like, no, thank you for not paying that light bill. Okay, thank you for not believing that hmm. I, it wouldn't happen to me again. Because since, it hasn't happened again. So, yes, in that Michael Jordan-esque way, Mm -hmm. throw me all those obstacles because I'm going to turn it and use it to make me remember why I got to keep moving forward and why I need to continue to meet the basics so that now we don't have to worry about when our lights are on and off and mom is comfortably mm -hmm. going for her, her legacy. So, and it's like, so I always sound like, you know, people tell me I'm arrogant. Sometimes people tell me, Jay, you just, everything ain't just so positive. You, so it's, life sucks sometimes. Sometimes you got to take the L. And I was just like, I can't accept that, you know? And so I, I didn't want to lose this thought either. You talking about your granddad and other things. So like, I tell people I didn't have like that, that grandma. I had a grandma, obviously, and a granddad, you know. My, my, my dad, my dad's family, I didn't know them. Like my my grandma, my dad's side passed on like two. And then... um I didn't really know them at all. And then my mom's side, I had experiences with them, but they live like other parts of the country. So I never had like their grandma. They like could like throw down in the kitchen, put her foot in them greens. Never had none of that. People always talk about the grandma. I'm like, I don't never had. So like I was the, um, you might, I don't know if I told you this, but you know, I was a kind of on the bridge. So like my dad was once married. Mom was once married. Both had two children. Had me. All right. So for me, even like everything that you said, that's why this is so therapeutic for me too, because I get to kind of understand people through that because I always just felt, I wouldn't say alone. I ain't trying to be all sad, but like, you know, I, I have to, I'm so much in my head that um, it wasn't until like my nephew just passed like, you know, a while back, like this year that I felt anything about death ever, mm. ever. Mm. You will pass, die, whatever, but I never felt nothing. Cause this is, I'm always looking ahead because I never really had anybody that I was tethered to or connected to. So probably like, you know, and I think about, I, I, <laughs> I think about these things all the time. Just like, man, what, 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 what do I get emotional about? What, what, what makes me feel? And so in that I'm, I'm channeling all that energy and that, you know, I guess that thought process into what I'm doing because for now, like, you know, this podcast, that's what I'm emotional about. That's what I'm taking serious. That's what I'm putting my all into because this is my, it took me so long to find my purpose. Now I got to work it and now I'm working it. And now I'm, I'm like creating these things in my head to propel me to move forward. Because yeah. for me, like you were just talking about, for me, like 
I always tell this story when I was able to sit in my, my, my Honda Civic is that great gas mouth. But when I was able to sit in my Honda and I remember walking back to my front seat and just like listen to the radio or whatever, like and letting the gas thing do it. Was, I didn't have to think about if it was $5, $10. I, ain't, I didn't even know what the gas price was. Right. That was momentous for me. And so not, then I got to a certain level to where I was very financially comfortable. Everything was going good. I was married. And I, I was like, at that point, I could have accepted, it's, it's good. I'm cool. I can fly with home. I can go on this vacation I need to. The average, you know, upper middle class, whatever, right? So then I was, I remember, usually my epiphanies are through other people's. Then I remember giving this guy some advice about, you know, God will, he will elevate you as high as you want to go. So right. yeah, all right, boom. Have a relationship with God. All right, you get baptized. You get saved, you know, and you in heaven. Your ticket, you good. But then you have like spiritual gifts. Then you have like, you know, discernment. And you have like uh, levels that you know God can take you. But God mm-hmm. over there like with his arms crossed, like, all right, you good. Do you want more? I'm just right. a little filler out there. You can always go deeper in me if you want. But if you don't, I'll see you in a couple years, right? And you, you can uh, always uh, tell people I look at, you know, Christianity or my relationship at least on both both ends. Usually. You even got to believe in nothing. It still can make sense whether you believe in God or you don't. So that's a whole other, you know, conversation. But when you really look at yourself, it's just like, do I really want to accept where I'm at? Right. Do I really want to just, and it's not, I call it mediocrity. Now, to somebody else, oh, Jay, you got it. You good. You got this, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, but to me, it's just what I'm supposed to have. You know, and to them, that's their Mount Everest. And I try to make it where I, don't, I never have a Mount Everest. I want to keep going as high as I can. Let's see how far I can stretch this life. Let's see how far I can, you know, push this thing. Right. And once I get to a certain level, if I feel myself even and off, I'm like, nah, uh uh-uh. uh. Can't do it. Can't get, you know. And so I get it. I'm, get look, it. And I'm looking at you, I'm listening, and I'm just like, okay. Society's telling her she, be, she should be one way. You know, parents are saying that she should be here, there. You know, her children are looking up at her every day, like, what's up? You know, and it's just like you never really said. I'm sure you had your moments again, but you never really settled. You never really allowed yourself to be a statistic or, you know, to no. be a stereotype. No. And it's just your ability to tap in, I think, is I, I had to put an applause somewhere in here. I got to make sure I remember to put it. But uh, it's just like everybody has that, I feel. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tap into it? Right. Like, are you just cool with just that one? And everybody want to go to like Mexico. I, I don't ever got to go to Mexico again. I know it's super random. You good with that one Mexico trip a year for summer. You take all your pictures and stuff. And then you right back living paycheck to paycheck, right back going to the same clubs and or whatever you're doing. And that's it. That's it. That's it. But you know, remember, that's the life I wanted because that's kind of how my friends were living. You well, know, no, you, you're seeing that. But, but I that, chose the I, opposite. Yeah. Well, I'm saying you're seeing them be great, but you still wanted to be great in your own right. And you call it I normal. Did. I think it's being great. I think oh. it's taking your circumstances. You, you, you said it yourself, your circumstances, society is telling you you're supposed to be in one way. Mm-hmm. You was like, I'm not accepting that. So to you, that, that's the point. You wanting to be normal is everybody else is great. That's why I, I'm pretty sure you. Wait a minute. I'm pretty wow. sure you. Wow. Can we run that back? Run that back. You again. being you trying to be normal, everybody else is great. So that's why I'm like, I, if I come off arrogant, I just come off arrogant. If I come off too much or too positive or whatever people be saying, 
it is what it is because I see something greater for myself. Again, it's got nothing to do with God. That's a whole other realm that you can tap into as well. Supernatural 50 cal on your side right there, pop out, right? But even if you believe in nothing, bro, sis, you got something that you can tap into that's, that's a part of you. We're no different than Oprah, Beyonce, Jay-Z, whoever you like, right? They just mm-hmm. took an opportunity, didn't take no for an answer. I always use J. Cole as an example. Like, he was outside Rock Nation for, like, weeks, in the rain, snow, whatever. Weeks. Waiting, weeks. you know, for the opportunity, because that's something that he wanted. He didn't allow society or the world to tell him, nah, bro, you just another guy rapping. Mm-hmm. I feel like anybody could be a famous rapper if they just wanted it bad enough. They just tapped in bad enough, whatever your passion is. Yeah. So. I agree. I agree. So then, okay, Jay, here we are. And I'm, you know, pouring into my career, seeing the fruits of that. I ended up getting a contract with South by Southwest, the music festival here in Austin for all of your followers who may not be here. Right. Um, Working with Movement 50, which is a huge diversity initiative built on getting speakers of color people of color Mm -hmm. in the seats to hear these speakers, Mm -hmm. um, getting programming to make young innovators feel comfortable with attending the interactive portion of the conference. Typically like growing up here um, and then going to college here, typically you'll see a lot of black folks go to South by Southwest for the music portion Mm -hmm. because they just want to go around and see the concerts. But what about, yeah, because that's where they make us feel welcome, right? Like, most of the mainstream artists yeah. are of color. And so that kind of bottles people in because there's a whole, there's two other, two other like sessions of programming. Mm-hmm. There's film and there's interactive. Yeah. Why are black people not attending each in the way they should at the interactive conference? That's where businesses are built. Connections are made. Yeah, correct. And so I was marketing director over that initiative for three years. Um, And that to me was like, whoa, here I was doing these little crazy jobs and Colleen could see that I was doing them intentionally but didn't know Mm -hmm. how it would benefit me. Um, And then I got that opportunity and I was like, yes, everything that I had been doing worked up to this point. And now this is a bigger platform for me to build my marketing career um, because I still even want to go higher than just south by that's still local that's regional that should just be, be like on a regular docket right yeah i just i do side by side by next week yeah i do this regional festival you that's know just some of my little yeah i'm looking for yeah <laughs> yeah and so then you know i get that opportunity yeah. and then i start to think too that i'm becoming and we talked about this delicate subject i'm becoming mm-hmm. this woman that could take her life one of two ways mm-hmm you know, I'd already been through all that heartbreak and trauma. I could never want a man again. And my career mm. was good. And I knew I was doing what I needed to do yeah. so that my kids would have a good financial future. But then I was like, no, because I still feel like God promised me love. Like, I still feel like that's one of his promises to us. It's still available to me. I don't know why or what I would have yeah. done to had that taken away. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, huh. So now how do I navigate this career thing and this motherhood thing while still keeping a part of me open to growing into the woman Mm. that is going to attract the man that God has for me. So we talk in threes. So I had that threefold challenge after Jaden's father passed away. 
I feel like this was the second time I dealt with like that threefold challenge. Okay. And it's always been around growth, growing in three different areas at the same time. Ooh. Like that's happened to me two times in my life, very okay. pivotal moments. And so here I am again trying to figure out, am I going to just let the rest of my 20s roll by, go into my 30s and just, you know, yeah, raise my kids? Or am I going to allow love? And so I started to work on that part of me and, you know, let my heart be more soft. And um, then I met an old uh, college friend. We linked mm. back up and <laughs> we linked back up. And right. I moved from Colleen to Austin because I was still doing the South by work. And then there was more freelance work for me to do. For because sure. when you have a contract like that, you just do the work you need to fulfill the contracts. Like yeah, you're not yeah. in an office from nine to five. And so I still had more hours of the day to earn income and gain mm -hmm. experience. So I moved out here to Austin, me and that old college friend linked up. Boom, boom, boom. That's Mary, she wrote. Right. <laughs> pregnant with twins. Yeah. Okay. Pregnant with Ooh. twins. Whew. Two more kids. And when I had them, mm -hmm. I actually felt like, God gave me twins and he gave me a boy and a girl because it was kind of like my do over. Mm. So let me explain that. You know, as a parent, there's not a lot of times, there's not a lot of chances for a do over. You have to have like a partridge family to, mm. <laughs> to, to really get it right. Right. Yeah. By that sixth kid. Oh, you are parent of the year, but that first <laughs> child. Woo. Right. We just glad they made it out and yeah. they still love you, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so I never wanted a lot of children, but I felt like that was very purposeful. They were an opportunity for me to, to do this over. There were those early sacrifices I had to make mm -hmm. for Jaden and Cameron. Um, there was a loss of Jaden's father and then the divorce with Cameron's dad. And I was determined if yeah. I had these kids... I was going to do this again to where that was not the outcome. Mm -hmm. And we both know that is my current outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So here is a single parent again. Yeah. And so uh, I've, I've saw kind of the tail end of that, of you kind of, you know, taking your, making me, making the greatest lemonade I've ever seen, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it's the sweetest, the, I mean, the, it's the cup the, refills on its own. On its today. own, when you on think about own. it, it's just there. Automatic refills, the best type of sugar. It don't make. It's not even like the artificial sugars that like that cane sugar. No, no, they good sugar. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen you um, just kind of still flourish, still do your thing, still be a, a boss. You know, for lack of better words. And we've touched on the motivational piece. We touched on kind of like, you know, tapping into it. And so I feel like that you're like a modern day superhero. We talk about superheroes a lot here on the podcast. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But um, you where you are now, and it's so super cliche, but it's where it's supposed to be. Very. It so sucks. I, it is it, where you're supposed to be. It, it sucks. Let me tell you, this is yeah. one of those disclaimers again. I might be smiling. I might be talking to you regularly. But I, I, but... I, I, I empathize for sure. So, it takes it takes talks like this. I feel like I'm telling I you, like it does. even having this conversation, I'm sure you have a million of them. But it takes talks like this to even work through your own stuff. 
Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, we talked about therapy a lot too. That's why it's so important to just, because all a therapist is is a guide through your own brain. I feel like you're just in a boat. They're just kind of going left, going right. Okay, let's go down these stairs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so um, what, let's, let's do it more on a positive side. Let's, what motivation or could you tell somebody that could be in your situation as a single mother or anybody just needs it? What, what could you just tell them to, to keep going to to find their their why yeah moment their michael jordan moment so yeah what i would say is from the beginning like you have to be able to see past the pain to remember Mm. where you're going so i was still able to come out of that early five years of my young adulthood being riddled with trauma and still look back to teenage me who kind of knew where she was going and build off of that So the first thing I would say is to never let your pain make you lose sight of what your past thoughts were, what your past dreams were. Like you have to figure out a way to go back there. Therapy can help. Mm -hmm. Sitting with your pain and really working through that can help you get clear on, here's what I once wanted. Does that still work for me or not? Does it? And I can just keep going. Or do I need to amend it? But at least... Mm You're not giving up you, on your dreams and yourself. You're not giving up and you're not letting your pain consume you in a way that you forget what you wanted. Like never let your pain make you forget that. I will tell that to any woman forever. I don't care what happens. And this year is a testament. You cannot mm. let what's happening deter you from where you said you wanted to be. Pick that mm. up and keep it going or amend it and figure out a new path. The second thing I would say is for women like me at that pivotal point before my most recent marriage, my Mm -hmm. second marriage, when I said I was trying to prepare myself to be attractive to the man that God wants for me, we talked about the lesson there was, why am I making myself attractive to that man? I need to make myself attractive to to God, okay? So we're God's children. We're his bride right right like, for sure i mean men we talked about that in our church yeah men, yeah yeah still the bride of god in mm-hmm. a you know pause way yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> so why are yes. we why are we focused on making ourselves attractive to someone that's here on earth we it's need not to ride our- the wave yeah it's not no. riding the wave what society is telling you to be it's, it's making no you- We need to work on being attractive in that image of God, what he tells Mm -hmm. us we need to be. And then he's going to attract what we deserve back to uh, allow what we deserve to be attracted back to us. And so that was my first mistake with this marriage was making myself available to a person because yeah, when he saw me, I look good. Okay. I, I mean, I was a lot younger. I still look good, but I look 10 out of 10. I looked good, okay? And (laughs) I was driven. And I was taking care of my two kids on my own. Oh, my gosh. Wow. On paper? Whoa, great. But what happens was when you make yourself attractive to that person, they see that, but they don't Mm -hmm. see the depth. And I never spent the time going through the depth. I am this person because of X, Y, and Z. But this person that you are attracted to is Mm -hmm. going to grow. And I desire to grow in this way yeah that last part was lacking who you were attracted to that's cool because that's still going to be me forever right i'm still going to look good i'm still going to be driven i'm still going to be taking care of my kids but 
I intend to grow in this way. Are you down? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people have that conversation. And so if I would have spent more time making God pleased with the woman I was becoming into, yeah. he would have attracted someone to me that he had already put the seed in of where I'm going, right? Mm -hmm. I found someone who was okay with where I was at, but God get, would have given me someone who was bought into and prepared for where I needed to go. Mm -hmm. And that, that last part was what was missing. And so I would tell every woman out there, I love my career women. I love my career moms. Keep right. doing it. I want to help you. Whatever you need. You may not know me. This may be your first time seeing or hearing from me. I want you to feel like you are empowered to be the best career woman and also grow in the image of God. Do not, yeah. do not think that chasing your career is going to make you less desirable. Do not think that mm. putting your career first, if you had to, and that was your past, is going to make you that hard, rigid woman that is I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? You know, like, don't, don't yes. let it make you feel like <laughs> yeah. that is unattractive because do that, do that, and never give up on that. Keep that drive and your grit. Focus on that career progression mm -hmm. and know that if you still build your character in the image of God, he will bring you someone that can ride the wave you're on, but then also be that riptide to keep propelling you to where you need to go. Yeah. So never stop, never stop and think the career you is unattractive. That was a major miss for me, for, for me and something that um, I'm growing for or growing, growing from and still believing and that still believing that that greatest love is there and still believing that I'm charting a legacy with my kids, with yeah. my separation this year. God has just tremendously blessed us with a new home, yeah. a brand new car, new opportunity for love, um, new, newly, newly, <laughs> newly energized, like a yeah. re-energized community uh, of people that support us. And so yeah i would say that super dope you, you you're super dope as you got my <laughs> podcast title career woman that's fire i was getting yeah. inside the episode i might put a flame emoji this time i don't know <laughs> flames <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that's what i would say it's either gonna be mj moment or career mo career woman i'm not sure i What's like a mj moment oh you got it then let me i like this. mj moment because we touched a lot on that we did <laughs> Um, and that's last, great. And yeah. You got to share that story about my parents not paying my light bill, though, because people are going to feel me. They're going to be like, <gasps> and then, <gasps> what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, you know, I make the little clips and everything, too, so I might use that as well. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> last two segments here are essential. I mean, pillars. It was a No Tech Talk podcast. First one is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And how would you use it to make money? Now, while you think on it, this is a superpower that is selfish, okay? I don't want to cure world hunger. I don't want to hug people and make them feel good. I don't want to whatever, because you could do all of it already, okay? Okay. I want something that is, is just for Jessica that will make your life better, but you still got to make money with it as well. So what you got for me? Well, duh. 
multiple the power to multiply okay i want to be able to look at my money oh okay, money, okay. i'll take money <laughs> money duplicate yourself but it's still going to be uh recognized by the the treasury department i was just going to say because you gonna have the same like little code on the dollar so yeah so i, I guess don't know if it's copyright even or whatever ledger but it's going to be real money real that tender. i can use yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever I, income yeah. I bring into my life. So I want to work, right? I want to be a working yeah. superhero because I want to be like that Clark Kent that has the day job. But For then sure. it's like, so then, you know, I'm duplication gal. I don't know. <laughs> That's the podcast out of right there, duplication. J- <laughs> JVK by day, duplication gal by night because I'm looking at my bank account the minute that them dollars roll in from that job, yes. duplicate yourself, Time double six. it. <laughs> so I get three grand in my account, that's six the next morning. <laughs> then you just double that too. That's what's yeah. up. Okay, that's I'm it. with it. Hey, I'm surprised nobody <laughs> said that before. Huh. that's how you get that's the easiest way i can think to make more money is boom that ach hits the account duplicate that next uh, two now, weeks duplicate that okay so you have you heard any of the other segments of the uh the superhero part how i break it down um, and explain it yes i can i can run with anything anybody gives me i'm pretty good at this so if you want to duplicate if you want to multiply you feel lack okay it's usually the general um it's the general opposite of uh, what you want. So like, I want super speed. It's cause I'm not the fastest guy in the world. I like running fast. I'm, I'm a distance runner. You okay. <laughs> you got the endurance. But I ain't got the four, I'm not, I ain't got a 40 meter in me. You know, I'm a marathon <laughs> man. RP to Nipsey, you know, I'm, I'm there. So mm-hmm. you feel lack in a lot of areas in your life. And so, you know, you multiply, obviously God gave the women the, the, uh, the tools. To multiply the tools is right? already in us. But, you know, you want it to multiply in every area. You know, you multifaceted. You want to do a lot of different things. So, obviously, Absolutely. multiplication is will be a part of what you want as your superpower. So, it's just, you know, feeling that lack, feeling that always wanting to be whole and having that. So, that kind of breaks that down. Not to get too deep on that, but, you know, I have a whole list of this stuff. Superheroes are awesome. Anyway, um, the last part, and I got to read it is uh the scripture now this scripture was tailored just for you nobody no one has ever gotten this scripture no one ever will get this scripture and it will go down in history as the uh multiplication gal the duplication gal whatever your name was for you uh it's coming out of hebrews 12 and 1 from the new english or sorry new international version um i change up every now and then i always tell people if you're gonna read a scripture and you get that, that good feeling about it reading the other two other at least two other translations See what somebody will say about it, right? Anyway, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It's a tongue twister, but okay, you got it. And let us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There's a lot of um scriptures about running that good old race, right? But I picked this one because you know especially like what we talked about, it said there was a great cloud of witnesses, but it's always going to be somebody watching, you know, so I was going to be society or whatever telling you you're supposed to be a certain type of way. Exactly what we talked about. And, right. But we got to throw it off, shake it off, do a Taylor Swift, whatever you got to do. 
that because uh, it's, it's easy it's easy to Jay-Z, get, brush your dirt off your shoulder nothing, whatever right it's easy to uh get entangled and what people say about you what society says about you what your family parents will say about you it's easy to get you know i think that's where most people like stop and become complacent because they don't know how to just push past or just cut the weeds down and keep moving forward right, right. um which is how you get stakes anyway no uh and then it says let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us so the the race it's already been ran for you. You just got to do it. You know, let's talk about manifestation. You praying like, guys, you already went before us anyway. We just got to act it. We just got to get in that line where it's supposed to be. Because usually we are somewhere in Germany, somewhere in New Orleans. But we got to get to Texas, maybe. We got to get where we're supposed to be and thrive there. And only then, only then we're in our purpose and we align everything together threefold, like you said, we'll be able to be yeah. successful. So um, you can tell me what you think about that and then we'll be out of here. You want me to read thank it again? You. No, thank you for reading that. Like, oh, yeah. I, I really am. Wow, I'm, I'm grateful that God put that on your heart because mm-hmm. in this season now, my second season of single parenthood, it is hard to run this race, okay? Mm-hmm. I had a lot of steam and I said I made a lot of challenges or a lot of risks early on in the midst of these challenges. Yeah. Because I had the energy, I was young, I was youthful, I was, you know, the drive was like on a thousand. Well, now it's on 500. And the Mm -hmm. more the years go on and the challenges continue, goes down about a hundred every year. And this year for me has been one of the hardest to run my race. There have Mm -hmm. been many times for the first time in my life where I can honestly say, I've wanted to give up on everything. Like, I wanted to not even be here talking to you today. Yeah, yeah. And that happens to a lot of us who are going, 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 who start, feel like they start from behind and always feel like they have to catch up, mm. catching up to something in whatever area of life. And so for me, hearing that scripture just reminds me to run my race. Like I said earlier on, one of my MJ moments and reasons for being driven was to catch up to my friends. But honestly, right now, I've surpassed a lot of them in maturity, in physical things. You know, if you want to look at that, I Mm -hmm. don't look at that. I just call myself blessed. But if you did, but if you did, you a boss, it's cool. Yeah. But I have a (laughs) lot of the friends that I was chasing that have degrees are still not where I'm at today and would love to be. And so now is the time where my maturity says, focus on the, your race, run your race. And it just was an encouragement that God sees me, hears me. He knows that I'm tired. I'm tired. I need like three camelbacks and like (sighs) a five hour break. I love, you know what a camelback is. Yes. (laughs) I need okay. three camelbacks and a five-hour break between my next 400-meter race because yeah. I am a sprinter. <laughs> I need a five-hour break, Jesus. Yeah. Just give me that and <laughs> all the water. But he knows that I need that, and yeah. I, I, I'm grateful that he put that on your heart today. For sure. And I, I definitely feel like staying in my lane is benefiting the me more. The best place to be. Your it's own the lane. best place to be. And being Ooh. in your lane frees you up to be transparent about a story that belongs to you. I don't have to 
tell anyone else's story. I no longer have to look at anyone else for inspiration. Mm -hmm. Being in your own lane allows you to build the backstory that you need to encourage and inspire yourself. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that scripture today. I'm grateful for having you on today. Thank you for coming on and blessing us with your story. Um, I know this is kind of part of what you do, but it, you know, you didn't have to do none of it. I appreciate you again for coming on and just being dope, being a dope individual. Cause I only have people on here who I want to be on here. You know, <laughs> I, I can't say, I don't know. I would think about it, but I always think about it, like somebody famous, like, like, what's up bro? Come on. Do I like you though? I might do it. <laughs> would, I, would I risk it all? Would I risk the fame and the notoriety for having someone on my podcast just for the clout? I ask myself that all the time. Or, do I stick to my own beliefs and just say, if I rock with you, I rock with you. Cool. Come on. But it's not just because you got 3 million followers. I don't know. Right. I mean, next episode you. Ozzy, no. <laughs> right. On the next episode, you know, I get it. Right. Okay. We'll be so, 5,000 episodes down the line before you get to that point. Who um, knows? But this is always a reminder to live life on purpose, to live a little note tact in your life and to uh, just be dope. Be dope like Jessica. Y'all have a good day. Peace.